Hello, I am Stephanie, and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. I am here today, once again, with my co-host, Mikhail. Hi. Today we will be talking about the Alcatraz of Europe. Alcatraz! <laughs> Crumlin Road Jail. We will be talking about the history, the escapes, the hangings, and the hauntings. So sit back and let us tell you the tale. So today we will be traveling to Northern Ireland, which in my opinion contains some of the most beautiful scenery in the world. Have you seen pictures of Northern Ireland? Maybe. I know I've seen some pictures from where family lived, I think, because I think my grandfather went and he showed me some pictures. Uh, Yeah, but you don't know where he went in Ireland because it's... There's Northern and Southern Ireland. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to say. <laughs> well, today we're going to Belfast. Uh, you have heard of Belfast? Yeah, don't know why, but I've heard the name. This is definitely in my top ten places I want to visit one day. Me and your dad have talked about retiring there. Ireland, we could see family. Well, not my family. That's true. <laughs> one of the places that, although beautiful... And is a grade A listed building. Would you like to know what that means? Because I googled it. The most perfect building ever? No. So it is building, uh, grade A buildings are buildings of greatest importance to Northern Ireland, including both outstanding architectural set pieces and the least altered examples of each representative style, period, and type. So, this is actually the only Victorian air prison still standing in Belfast today, and it holds a very dark history. Ooh, dark history. Built between 1843 and 1845 on the designs of Sir Charles Lanyon, it was built from black basalt rock on 10 acres at the bottom of Crumlin Road at the cost of 60,000 pounds. Do you know how much that is in American money? You're lying, because we just said it. (laughs) So, I'll say it anyways. In American money, that would be $9 million today. Whoa, my money. Yeah, it really is. But is it? Because I've seen houses for sale in York for $3.5 million. Built within a five-sided walled site, the jail had four wings fanning out from a central area known as the control area or the circle. That sounds creepy. I'll show you pictures of it when we're done. That sounds cool. This blueprint was used for 54 other prisons and was known as a radial cellular system. What does radial mean? Circle. Circle. So there's one central area, like a circle, and then stuff comes out from it. That's cool. So there's like, boop, 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 like a little spider. So is it like one of those, like, train things where it can turn like but it's in a circle to connect like so the re- the reason there would be a main central area yeah is because the people in that central area can watch everywhere oh, oh that way no prisoners can escape Sorry. although yeah right although something totally different that crumlin road did that was brand new and not used anywhere else it was uh, designed for a separate system of confinement Would you like to know what that means? Can I take a guess? Sure. I'm going to guess solitary confinement. Kind of. The prisoners were not allowed to converse with each other. They were separated from each other and never allowed to talk. 
to each other. So that's uh, something that was used in Alcatraz later on. Mm-hmm. The whole point, they weren't allowed to talk to each other. Yeah. They weren't allowed to whisper. So they would start doing things like doing whistles to each other, stuff like that. Wonder how they talk to each other about how they were going to do the then. I I think they were allowed to talk to each other once a week for half an hour. I don't remember. Probably, if not a lot. I can't do that. The thought process behind this would be that there would be no conflict between prisoners, and also they would not be able to talk and try to plan an escape. I would die if I couldn't talk to anybody. I, <laughs> I know that. I couldn't talk that much. That is a fact. The jail was built to house 500 to 550 prisoners in single cell confinement. The cells were 12 feet by 7 feet and 10 feet in height. So, like, two of me tall. So, like, a room that's huge, but it's, like... It's not real. 12 feet is not that big by 7 feet. I mean, for one person? So, two of your dad, long... Your dad plus a foot wide, and then two of me tall. It's not really not that much room. What was it like? Felt was the walls like, like three feet thick with concrete or something? Well, yeah, pretty probably. I don't know. If they don't have that stat. In later years, they would jam as many as three people in a cell at a time during an influx. So, that small space. Imagine three people living in it. Wait, is influx mean? Oh, uh, more. Yeah. It's like- During the years, additions were added to the prison. Between 1880 and 1890, a prison hospital and laundry block were added. During the Victorian times, prisons were not only for holding prisoners, they were also considered working prisons. Do you know what that means? Work until you die and working to find gravel, like digging up fields and stuff? Breaking the mile? Uh, Well, I suppose, but don't forget, this isn't Ireland. This isn't here. So, the laundry facility would not only be for the prisoners, but for the local community. So, the prisoners would be washing other people's laundry. Mm, they probably didn't like that. The building also housed a tailor's shop and a shoe shop. Say that two times fast. Shoe shop, shoe shop, shoe shop. Yeah, Mom so, used to do that. Like, didn't she... She, she was a hairdresser. No, she said when she was learning how to cut hair, she used to go to the jails and cut hair, didn't she? Yeah, she would do prisoner haircuts. This is where uniforms and footwear were made by the prisoners, not only for them, but for the wardens and guards. Once the jail was completed, Sir Charles Lanyon set to work on a design for the new courthouse. That was built between 1845 and 1850. It was across from the jail and a tunnel linked the courthouse and the jail that ran under Kremlin Road. This would That would be a way to bring the prisoners back and forth to the courthouse and the jailers and everybody would walk that way. To get into the jail from the courthouse. That's cool. The first official use of the jail began in 1846 when 106 prisoners were marched and chained from the county jail in Carrickfergus. In this group of 106 were not only men, but women and children as well. Children? Children. (laughs) I should know how to say that. I'm a child. Yes, children. So, during the early years of the jail, children were imprisoned for stealing food or clothes. Sentences ranged from one week to one month, depending on the judge, and could sometimes include being whipped. Mm. Yeah. 
This was happening in a time when poverty was running rampant in the working class district. So a lot of times the only choice these kids had to eat was to steal it. That's sad. So if they needed new shoes, they would steal them. One case of this was a young boy named Patrick McGee. He had... I have seen him placed in different ages in a few places, but no matter what, he was between the ages of 10 and 13. I saw one where it says he was 10. I saw one where it says he was 13. He was found in front of a judge for a second time in April 1858 for stealing clothes. The judge sentenced him for three months in Crumlin Jail. This sentence seemed too much for the boy, so on April 27th, 1858, he hung himself in his cell. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Because of this, it made the courts realize that children shouldn't be sent to an adult prison to serve high time. So they changed the law and forbid any child under the age of 14 to be sent to prison. I personally don't think that's much of a change. I mean, 14 is still, in my opinion, a child, but this is also in the 1850s when age was a little different and people had or kids had more responsibility back then. And at 14, I'm sure a lot of children were out trying to get jobs and bring in money for their family because, as I said before, the working class was not that great. Yeah. Anything else? No. I thought you wanted to ask me a question. Oh, wait, I did. Wait, so no kids had to go to jail? Even so if they did something wrong, they didn't have to go to No, the they didn't go to adult jail. They, these kids were sent to adult jail. Oh, no, I meant after that, though. Wait, so they did have a kid jail after? They must have went to a home or something, but at this time, before the change, every child that got in trouble went to adult jail. That's cool. Yeah, that sounds like a blast, I'm sure. No, no, I mean, not going to adult jail. At least you didn't have to go to adult jail. Yeah, well, because a, a little boy decided he didn't want to live anymore, they changed the law. So before we get to all the executions, <laughs> we're going to talk about the escape te- uh, escapes. Like I said, they called this Europe's Alcatraz. Kremlin Jail was open for 150 years. In all those years, I only found five escapes. That seems old. It's very old. Wait, doesn't that mean Alcatraz was open less time and... So Alcatraz, I don't want to get into it a lot, but actually was opened around the same time as a military facility. It wasn't always a jail. But when it was, was it open for the same length or was it smaller? Smaller. Okay. It opened for jail, I think, in the 1920s. Okay. So how many, do you know, like, didn't they have, like, more escapes in Alcatraz? Uh, no. But we're, we're learning about this, not Alcatraz. Sorry. And the big difference is these people succeeded in escaping. Whoa. May 29th, 1927, three Republican prisoners and a fourth man overpowered a guard taking his keys and gun. They scaled the prison walls using knitted she- knotted sheets. Do you know what that means? So tying your sheets together in like a rope. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Um, June 1943, five Republicans calmly threw a rope with a hook over the wall and scaled it to freedom. That easy? Yeah, I guess. Are you joking? Uh, 1971, nine Republican prisoners armed with smuggled weapons escaped with three more, making their escape a month later. So in November and December 1971, 
nine, ten, twelve why, people escaped. Why are they all Republicans? So there was a situation going on with Northern Ireland and British government, stuff like that. Where have I heard of this? I feel like I have. Maybe in the book, probably. Probably. The last escape was June 10th, 1981, when one man made his escape. One man? Just one guy. He just was like, that's see. Like, I mean, that sounds harder going by yourself without any help. That's good for that guy. As long as you can run faster than the people you're with, you're good. Yeah. Or you can just ditch those people and just run by just, yourself. Just like if you run into a bear. As long as I'm quicker than you, I'll be fine. <laughs> or, or you can just play dead. Over the years, on the jail... There has been an estimated 25,000 inmates housed here. Not only did they house murderers, thieves, and all manner of criminals, they also housed political prisoners. 25,000 people? That's little. In 150 years? Yeah. I mean, that seems kind of small for 150 years. Um, This was not a new concept of the jail to house political prisoners between 1922 and 1924 and then again in 1940s and 50s. So I'm not going to get into the whole political reasons today because that's just a whole other podcast episode. Ooh, second part. <laughs> no. Of those estimated 25,000 prisoners, only 17 ever met the hangman's gallows. In the plans for the jail originally, there was never actually a gallows included. Yes. Didn't we talk about gallows in the first episode with the wish trials? Or yes. Do you know what the gallows are? Yes, you asked me that, and I said from <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean in that episode, too. Yep. An open open gallow was erected at the end of the D-Wing in full public view. So back then, going to a hanging was like a family event. We would pack you up, we'd go, and we'd go, it would be like an all-day affair. Wait, did... Is so they sell food there, stuff like that. So everybody goes. Did they sell rotten tomatoes that we can throw them at people? I, I, part, I honestly don't know that. I mean, that would be cool, but not the gallows part. Not gallows part cool. So well, back, tomatoes at people is cool. Back then, this is what people did for their Sunday afternoon. They'd go and watch somebody get hung. My Sunday afternoon consists of sitting in my room probably after I clean my room. In playing video games. <laughs> so, in this open gallows at the end of the D-Wing, there would be five executions there, but only two would be for public viewing. The rest would happen after an execution chamber was built at the bottom of the C-Wing, and this was used from 1901 until the last hanging in 1961. Wait, so they have two execution places now? No, they got rid of the other one. Wait, they got rid of the... The one that was just open, one. Yeah. Oh, that's why they only had two? So, the one that they had, that they built at the bottom of Sea Wing actually is still there. Oh. And there's still a noose hanging from the last person that got hung with it. Wait, they would use a new, new one every time? Like, noose? Or? I'm assuming, I don't know. Oh. I mean, after a while, the rope probably has to get changed. I mean, I don't think you should leave that rope there anymore. Well, we'll get into why, you know. If we ever go there, we'll do a second part. <laughs> After the men were executed, and I say men because women were not hung, as they fear it would offend people, so they burned them at the stake. That's probably more 
offensive. I that's what I said. I mean, if you don't want to be offensive, you would treat people equally. So after the men were hung, they would bury the bodies within the walls in unconsecrated ground. The only marker was the men's initials and the year scratched into the wall. Wait, what? You mean they buried people in the wall? No, that's you. That's what I thought at first too. No, they buried them in the jail, like in the jailhouse, like in the ground in the jail. Ooh. Do you know what unconsecrated ground is? Untouched ground. It's unblessed. Ooh. So like cemeteries and stuff are Blessed. religious. Yeah. Of these 17 men, 15 are still there today, two of which have been reburied in an actual cemetery. Wait, so if you went there, you might still be fucking on dead people? Well, they have, it's like a cemetery there, but there's just, there's no blessing. The only thing that marks where they are is a little initial and a scratch mark of the year. Imagine if you missed that and you walked right over it and then you get haunted for the rest of your life. Not going to be fun. The men who were hung were hung for mostly murders. So I'm going to go through the list and their crimes. Private Robert O'Neill, June 21st, 1854, was death sentenced to death for shooting his corporal officer, Robert Brown. Um, he was His sentence was suspended on a number of occasions and for a retrial, because they weren't sure if it was an accident or not, he would eventually be hung in front of a crowd reaching 15,000 people. Wait, is retrial like mistrial when they claim mistrial? Well, they just redo the trial because they're not sure. Oh. Daniel Ward, um, April 8th, 1863, was sentenced to death for the murder of Charles Wilgar. His last words were, O Lord Jesus, be merciful to my soul. Guard, pardon my sins for the sake of the Redeemer, and bless all my fellow creatures. Uh, this was in front of a crowd of 9,000, and this would be the last public execution. John Daly, April 26, 1876, for the murder of Margaret Whitley. What transpired was that Whitley had pawned the family's clock to buy alcohol, and a rage Daly struck her over the head with a stool, killing her. Arthur McCowan. January 14, 1889, Mary Jane Phillips was the mother of McCowan's two children. After running away with another man, their children had become ill. McCowan had went to find her to bring her home. He would take her from her mother's house back to his own, and this is the last time she was spotted alive. Does that mean the guy that, not this guy, but the guy before was drunk and... He no, was he was pissed that uh, somebody pawned out the family clock for their alcohol so we killed her um john gilmore august 17th 1894 had been accused by jane gardner to be the father of her illegitimate child lyle jane's father readied himself for bed as shot came through the kitchen window striking him in the abdomen and fatally wounding him it is said that lyle jane's father was going to take Gilmore to court to get money um, for the child he had with Jane. William Woods, January 11th, 1901. Uh, <laughs> William Woods was the only man unfortunate enough to have his name on the list to have killed on two occasions. At around 3.15 a.m., Samuel Crooks heard a scream from one of his sheds. 
After peering out the window and hearing no commotion, he returned to his slumber. The following morning, he found Mary Irwin, William Wood's wife, in a pool of blood in his shed, and her throat had been cut. After a two-day search, Woods was found in a haystack. Um, he sat up and said, There's no use in keeping you anymore. It was I did it. I killed the woman, and that's all there is about it. For this, he would receive a 12-year sentence for manslaughter. On September 25th, 1900, he visited a friend who he would frequently stay with, Bridget McGurvin. Shortly before 6 a.m., McGurvin's youngest son woke up to find his mother no longer sleeping where he last saw her. He found her on another bed, lying still warm with her throat cut. And this he also admitted to. Richard Justin, August 19th, 1909. On March 12th, Justin was arrested for the murder of his child. Uh, Simon McGowan, August 19th, 1922, was sentenced to the death, uh, sentenced to death for the murder, murder of Maggie Fullerton. She was only seven years old at the time of her death. That's way too young. Uh-huh. May 8th, 1924, in a botched robbery attempt, Michael Prattley shot Nelson Leach dead. August 8th, 1928, William Smiley was sentenced to death for the murder of Margaret and Sarah McCauley in a farmhouse. Uh, in April 8th, 1930, Samuel Cushnan uh, was sentenced after a failed attempt to rob James McCann. Um, McCann's body was found with his letters scattered all over the ground, he was a mailman who was killed. Thomas Duman, July 31st, 1931, for the murder of Bella and Margaret Aiken. January 13th, 1932, Eddie Collins was the only Jewish man ever to be hung on Irish soil. He worked at a circus and murdered one of his colleagues on Friday, and he was hung on Friday the 13th, being the 13th man hung in the jail. <laughs> it's like in the Knights Templar. But that's how Friday the 13th came to happen. Oh, I didn't know that. I think I learned that from my dad. Harold Courtney, April 7th, 1933, for the murder of the pregnant... Minnie Reed. September 2nd, 1942, Tom Williams. He was the only political activist to be hung at the jail. Uh, Constable Patrick Murphy entered a house and was confronted by the gunman. Um, uh, uh, Murphy actually shot at the political activist and ended up shooting Tom Williams twice in the leg and once in the arm before his revolver jam. Williams shot back and managed to fatally wound Murphy in the process. So they both got hurt? Yeah, Tom Williams, but he survived. The constable did not. Samuel McLaughlin, July 25th, 1961, was sentenced to death for the murder of his wife, Nellie Given. Robert McGlattery, December 20th, 1961, was the last man to be hung in Northern Ireland. He was convicted of the murder of a young woman on the way home from a dance, and her name was Pearl Gamble. Uh, 
And that is all the men that were hung at Crumlin Jail. Crumlin Jail finally closed its doors in March 1996 when the last prisoner left. It actually officially closed in 1998. Since its closure, it has hosted a number of ghost hunts. In Sea Wing, where the execution chamber was, a noose still hangs till this day. Creepy. They should take that. So down. creepy. What if the ghost just is, like, standing there, like, with the noose still on his head and can't move? <sighs> it is said to be the noose that was used on the last prisoner that was executed, Robert McLattery, in 1961. During the visits and tours, many different unexplained things have been seen and heard. Doors can be heard slamming shut on their own. Male and female's voices can be heard calling out for help. A man has been seen walking up and down C block and then just disappearing. Even when the prisoner was still even when the prisoner prison oh my god, I keep saying prisoner <laughs> was still active, guards would see a gray figure walking in the tunnel that runs from the courthouse to the jail. During ghost hunts, when no one is was in the building with the, te- the team, they have captured on video and digital recorders um, a man groaning, coughing, sighing, and whistling. So they have it on a video camera. You can hear it through the video camera and then also on a digital recorder. That's cool. It's creepy. Creepy, but cool. Right? Yes. There was a famous photo taken in B-Wing, which is where they put a padded cell for the lunatics. I've seen the video where this guy did a challenge 50 hours in a solitary confinement just for fun of it. That sounds like a blast. Just kidding. Uh, I will be posting this photo on both the Facebook page and the Instagram. So if you haven't checked them out, you please do give us a like, follow us, all that fun stuff. Don't forget to email us with ideas. (laughs) While people are visiting the padded cell during tours, many have experienced being touched or pushed. They also report feeling uneasy and a feeling that they're being watched by a dark shadow in the corners of the cell. Also in B-Wing, they say you can hear heavy footsteps of what is a guard walking up and down the hall. Also a large, dark figure drifting from cell to cell, which to me sounds like a residual haunting where somebody did something so long in their life that their energy is still doing it over and over again. Like... A guard is walking through the prison, checking on everything. And that guard is the ghost doing that Same thing over and over again. Yeah. So in my personal opinion, and you can give me yours after, something so old and full of such tragedy also has bad energy for the people it held in there. I can imagine that some of that energy is still there. I know there's people who don't believe in that stuff, but I personally do. In my life, I've witnessed enough things and have felt and seen enough things with my own eyes to believe in the presence of spirits. Same. Energy, I don't believe, dies in what are people but big sacks of fleshy energy. Mm-hmm. So it has to go somewhere when our bodies mm-hmm. are no longer here. Yeah. What is your opinion? I agree. Do you think that this place is definitely haunted with all the energy in it? Yeah. I mean, 25,000 people came through those doors. 17 of them never, ever left. Yeah, I mean, but compared to 25,000, though, that's not a lot, but... But still, I mean... Yeah, it's still bad, and it would be a lot to some people. Yeah. I'm sure if you're listening to this today, um, you're as open-minded as me, 
and you are here to hear all the macabre things. And today, I hope you got your fill. Thank you for listening to our tale today. As always, check out our Facebook page at the Macabre Family Podcast and the Instagram at Macabre Family. Also, email us with any suggestions, comments, or just to show us some love at the Macabre Family Pod at gmail.com. You have anything to add about today's story? No. Nothing? No. All I know is that I want to go there. Right? Me too. We have a lot of places now we want to go. Yeah. I um, will be posting, like I said, a couple of the photos from the ghost hunts on the Instagram and the Facebook. We love you all, our macabre family. We'll see you next week for not so much a haunting tale, but a murdery one. So my guest host will be different because, unfortunately for you, Mikhail, I will not tell you the gross, gruesome stories just yet. Nope. Not till I'm 16, I'm going to guess. Oh, I don't know. Maybe a little while, but he is so sad that he I can't sit here and tell him about murders. <laughs> Those podcasts are good that we listen to. Shh, don't tell people that. <laughs> I hope everybody has a wonderful day, and thank you again for listening.